Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to Glow Girl. I am Tracy White, and we have got a full house this week. Uh, I'm here. We've got Megan Cooper from the Atta Girl Pod here with us again. Hello, everyone. Hey, Megan. And then we also have all the way from the Great White North, uh, Michigan's Upper Peninsula, we have uh, Meg Worth from Temple Treasures UP. Um, so you are our favorite little green witch and our resident new... Oh, gosh. You're like the new and full moon ritual advisor in our girls, girls community too. So we're very happy to have you here. I am really happy to be here. It's been really fun doing all of those classes. I was really lucky that Mm -hmm. I got to sign up for the classes, but it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm so glad you were able to make it. Um, very excited to talk to you a little bit more about some of the stuff. Um, so if you're a listener here, uh, then you probably are interested in, in a lot of this woo stuff. And I just wanted to tell you that Meg brings us some of the best like lunar and then like plant witchery stuff in our girls, girls community, which also we just want to plug it because you should join yes. www.girlsgirlscommunity.com. And there's something in there for everybody. So um, just want to share that with everybody. Um, I love it. Yeah. So Meg, we always ask, uh, how did you come to your particular brand of like woo? How did you get here? Um, it's a story that goes a little bit back to my childhood. I used to be one of those kids that would just like lay in the grass and like feel like the grass was whispering to me. And then I used to imagine <laughs> that it was just all fairies and stuff. But um, I, I also collected a lot of rocks. So I think that's kind of directed uh, towards my crystal passion. I don't have a ton, but you know, I love what I have and I like to keep them really close. But um I was never really good with plants for a very long time. I, it didn't come naturally to me until one day it did. And it took a long time to kind of hone in on what was going on. And as I've, <laughs> I started small, I used to like get those, I think I, at Target in the dollar section, they would have like the little pots that you could start seeds in. And I would buy like 20 of them at a time. And I would say, this is fine. I can do this. I'm going to not kill any of these plants. And then I would inevitably kill all of them. And <laughs> it wasn't within <laughs> until the last like year where I really found a groove. And uh, my partner, he, he works with plants. So he was able to really help me focus on the things that the plants needed. And then I started become like, I saw that they were thriving and doing really well and then I started connecting to them not just like oh wow these are pretty wow I can cook with these but they became a part of who I was and I find myself talking to them a bit and that sounds weird until you realize that's helping them to grow you know you're building this relationship with plants too I'm just making myself sound a little more weird too no I talk to my plants (laughs) I talk to my plants totally yeah yeah and I actually, there I posted recently in another group uh, that April runs about, um, I, I felt like within one day, my plants needed something very different. And I don't know why I knew that because I'm still very new with plants. Like I do a lot of reading. I do a lot of, you know, Google searching, like what is, what does this brown spot mean on this one leaf or whatever. But um, I it came to me that they needed to not just be rotated. I needed to shift all of my plants in one direction closer to whatever window it was or whatever. I don't remember exactly what the feeling was and it felt deeper than just owning these plants. And I think that's what the root for me was in knowing that this is a path I'm going to be on for a long time. And a lot of the green witch books I read, they're like, there's no one way to do any sort of, be a witch in any path. 
but they seem to really speak to that on every green witch book I've ever read. And I think that's really important for me to have found that there's no one way of doing this. What feels right to me is the way I'm going to take this. So that really that's, resonated with me in any path. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm yeah. Mm -hmm. Having like a relationship with plants is something that, you know, I feel like, I, I don't know, my family was farmers like from way back. And so I feel like that was something that I, I didn't have for a very long time. And I feel like I'm just kind of maybe coming into that now. So I'm excited to see yeah. know, where that's going. But that's I awesome. know I know my mom, she I mean, she loves to garden. She didn't have a lot of like indoor plants, but um she she definitely excelled in outside planting and I think that kind of pushed me away because when it was just her tending to them, she tended to like say, Hey, you guys need to come help me make sure this is all good and stuff and I was weeding and I hated it, but um, Oh my god, same. My mom used to like <laughs> come help me pull weeds. And I like hated gardening for so long because of mm -hmm. it. Like I just attached it to like weeding and I was like, chore exactly. first. <laughs> it's, it's a chore. It's a chore and right. I'm being made to do this. But, um, and one of the things I think is really interesting is I started entirely indoors and I'm still indoors because it's still frigid here. It's like 40 degrees and gloomy, but, um, I'm allowed to now grow all of these plants with a sense of technology that allows me to be a green witch in a place that's majority snow most of the right. year. Yeah. So pretty cool. it's pretty awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah I like technology that. Technology brings us so far. Um, so Meg, I, I, apparently I read Megan to filth last week. Um, astrology wise, how <laughs> I, and sorry about that. But, no. I, um, <laughs> so right before this call, I asked you for your birth information because I wanted to, I just wanted to look at something and I found it and it was exactly oh, what I was good. So, but I just wanted to know, like how much of your, how much of your birth chart have you looked into? A lot. Does it make any sense? As much as it can make sense to someone who's not, it's not makes a lot of sense. I, I try and I like listen to all of your classes and a lot of what you're telling us, but it still seems very foreign to me. And, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of it is I don't know all of the symbols around the chart yet. And yeah. so just trying to figure out what things are where is still very confusing. And I just go back to watering my plants when I get just <laughs> <laughs> So I, I understand that. I still have to, I have like a chart on my wall to remind myself like what certain symbols and glyphs are supposed to be because some mm -hmm. of them I know easily and some of them I can't, they look alike. And so I can't remember which one right. looks like the little jumpy guy with the arms and which one has the little like cross on the bottom. And anyway, agreed. I know, I know what you mean. But so I looked into your chart and I wanted to tell you something cool that I found and it's related to what we're talking about today. So um, you have a particular placement that kind of sets you up to be like a garden goddess. Oh, good. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. So I thought this was, I thought this was pretty cool. So gardens are something, if you think about gardens, not just like agriculture necessarily, but you know, beautiful gardens, gardens are something that's ruled by Venus. Um, Taurus is an earth sign and has that kind of green thumb, uh, you know, kind of running through it. And your Venus is actually in Taurus. So cool. kind of what that means is when Taurus, Taurus is ruled by Venus too. So you have a very strong Venus energy there. So that's a spot where Venus can be like her most comfortable. It makes her 
that sense of like that goddess of beauty and comfort and values, it really shines in an earth sign, especially one like Taurus that's also ruled by Venus. And your Venus and Taurus is in your seventh house. The seventh house is also ruled by Venus. Um, seventh house is like your close relationships and partnerships. Um, we talked a little bit about that last week, Megan. Um, and so you have like this very strong, like feminine domestic goddess energy happening in like home and hearth and garden. I so love it. You got uh -huh. it. It's, I love it. it. It's right there in your chart. Like it's very, it's very focused for you. So, 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 so cool. question. Um, I, I left work. Um, I was working at a group home, uh, back in December. I left right before Christmas. Um, since then I feel it took me up until just about quarantine was called to feel like I was finally adjusting to being staying at home and being with my kid and being able to just take care of my plants and stuff like that. So I feel like now I am just completely adjusted to this at home life and getting my home space set up and my garden space set up. And this all feels very natural. That would all make sense for my birth chart, right? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? You're in, you're in your comfort zone. Excellent. Yeah. That makes so. a lot of sense. Uh -huh. <laughs> Yeah, That's yeah. So, so cool. You're right there. And and I'm sorry to ask, how old are you? Uh, 28, I'm turning 28 in like three weeks. Okay. Or 27. Now, I didn't look, I didn't look, but you're probably getting close to Saturn return timeframe. So you might want to look into what your Saturn return has to say for you. Sure. Um, but a Saturn return is generally that like adult, your Saturn return is kind of like when you become an adult astrologically. So oh. that's, it's a big shift. Usually that it usually happens for most people around 20, late 27, early 28 age and mm -hmm. lasts for about three years. Um, that Tracy, is that the math thing? Like where you add the numbers of like your, what am I thinking of? That, like your number. I remember when I had a card reading and they were like, the, the, my reader was like, you have a number, like I'm a five or something like that. Is that the oh, same? Is that different? That's more like numerology, I think. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. a little bit different. But the Saturn return is just where you're, when you were born, your Saturn was in at a certain degree, in a certain sign, in a certain house. And so okay. eventually all your planets come back and we call it to the point they were when you were born. And when one planet comes back to that point, we call that a return. Got it. So your Saturn return, Saturn is the planet of being it's the planet of adulting. And so when it comes back to where it was after about 27, 28 years, that's adulthood, astrologically speaking. Um, you know, huh. most people get two Saturn returns. You're lucky if you get a third Saturn return because it happens every 27 ish years. Um, so look into that because you're at a shift right now in your life. I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really do. Seems that way. Yeah. So good. It's a good shift. So, oh, I, I, yeah, I'd have to agree. I feel, I, and I, I told this to uh, my husband, I was like, you know, it feels wrong for me to feel like things are falling into place while the world around us outside is kind of falling apart. So it's, I, I wouldn't feel bad though about like feeling good about what's going on. Right. I mean, yeah. Like coming, coming into, into some, your own. Yeah. 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 There's no yeah. real timing on, I mean, it happens when it happens, and mm -hmm. if it's in pan during a pandemic, so be it, right? Yeah. You're right. allowed yeah. to feel good about that. 
Yeah, for sure. It's true. I, I didn't risk manage for a for a uh, pandemic, but here we are. We just got to deal with it, right? If we can make it through that, then that means it's a sign that it's a good thing. Is what that's I'm right. waiting for. <laughs> and hey, right. you have a you have a very strong uh, home and hearth energy, so that's perfect for right now. You're built for this. Excellent. So, yeah, yeah, that's good. So um, with uh, with you being here talking to us about um, gardening and and all things green. Uh, Megan and I both love to garden and grow things in different capacities. Um, I'm still learning every single day, but I'm working on it. So, and I know Megan, you do some gardening. Yeah. Um, outdoor and indoor, uh, indoor plants more recently over the past year for sure. I think that they're kind of trending to like people are finding more joy out of them and you know, it does, it's therapeutic. Um, but I've always, uh, like I said, I went through those phases like in early adulthood when I was like, I don't want to garden because my mom would make me pull weeds and whatnot. But then I think once you get your own space and you have a yard and like you can put, you know, that's kind of when it happened for me. Like once we got like, moved in and I was like, oh, I have, I have a large yard out back and flower beds. And, um, I mean, I'm still learning too. Um, but yeah, I, I just love all things. I think it's really therapeutic and it gives, brings me a lot of joy and happiness. And I talk to my plants every morning. I go out with like my coffee in the summer. Like, look I, at love them. <laughs> I know. I love it. I know. I just like love seeing like the, I love seeing them come to life. And the the return on investment it, yes. of plants is just, it's, I mean, no one could have told me as a kid that I would be interested in that. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. Same. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And I feel like now weeding has a whole different view for me because now it's, I'm weeding because if I don't get these villains out of my garden, yes. they're going to destroy all the work I put into it. I got to get rid of them. They got to go. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you're like cussing at them. You're like, son of a bitch. Yeah. 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 Same. Uh, I love it. So, so after the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, gardening. Um, we have some interesting things that I dug up. Ha ha. That was a gardening pun. Ooh, that was a good one, Tracy. Yeah, that was totally, yeah, that was totally <laughs> off, the, off the cuff there. Um, and then um, we're also going to talk about like this, just like the spirituality of like getting your hands in the dirt um, a little bit. So we also, uh, toward the end of the show, we have some options for uh, rituals for your face masks, which is the hottest new fashion accessory of 2020. Um, nice. So there's, you know, you can do something to up that mojo with those things to protect you, then we're going to do all the things. So I've got a couple options for us. I love it. Um, Beautiful. But first, astrology. Yay. Yay. Are you guys ready? Ready. So um, this week, the main thing that I want to talk about um, isn't like a day by day or like a full moon or a new moon. I want to talk about this Pluto retrograde that started on April 25th and goes through October 4th of this year. So I'm okay. going to give you a little bit of a refresher because there's a lot to kind of break down here. Um, Pluto is, and we talked about this before, but Pluto is the planet that represents like deep transformation. Um, it rules power and death and secrets and subconscious forces. Um, Pluto's the Roman equivalent more or less to Hades in Greek mythology. So not like the planet, but like the mythology behind that. Um, that's kind of the energy. So in other words, you know, Pluto is spooky AF. Like that's, I mean, Pluto's got a lot going on, but it's very dark um, planet. It's far away from us. It's far removed from us. So 
Now, I know that when most people hear this term retrograde, they think about when Mercury goes into retrograde and all of those shenanigans that happen. Um, but this is very different, and I'm going to tell you why. So Mercury is what we call a personal planet, okay? Um, our inner planet, so Earth, uh, sorry, Mercury, Venus, and Mars, the planets that are closest to Earth, those are the energies that affect us personally with their movements. Um, they impact our personalities when we're born. The outer planets, so Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, we call those generational planets. They affect whole generations of people because their orbits take so much longer to complete around the sun. Um, I had, like, so if I have three friends that are all born within five years of me, either way, chances are we are all going to have different Mercury placements. But chances are good that we all have the same Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, um, give or take because we're all part of the same generation. So, I mean, obviously the planetary generations are a little different than what we would look at, you know, like the millennial years or, or whatever you want to look at. But generally speaking, um, Pluto itself spends 20 years in, in one sign. So, you know, anybody born within this 20-year span all has the same Pluto sign. Um, your inner planets are you while your outer planets are your generation, if that makes sense. Um, like Mercury has an 88 day orbit around the sun and Pluto's orbit is 284 years. So you can see the disparity of, you know, how that, how that happens. Yeah. So that, that kind of explains why like Mercury retrograde lasts three weeks ish, but it happens three to four times a year because Mercury's orbit is three to four times a year compared yeah. to our 365 day orbit. And Pluto retrograde lasts about six months because Pluto's, you know, spending 20 years in one sign. So right. the next thing to look at with that is the energy of the planet and see how it reacts to its opposite. So Mercury in the charts is kind of a trickster, even when he's not backspinning in retrograde. So the next thing we want to look at is the energy of the planet and see how it's reacting in its opposite, because that's kind of what retrograde does. So Mercury is a trickster even when he's not backspinning. So when Mercury retrogrades, we see all kinds of backwards Mercury action. So instead of moving quickly and being sharp and detailed, we have to slow down our thinking to be more methodical. Um, electronics and vehicles, which are ruled by Mercury, seem to have more issues rather than operating effectively like they're supposed to. Uh, communications, again, ruled by Mercury, can seem confused instead of clear. Um, Mercury is the messenger god, and our messages are crossed when Mercury's in retrograde. Um, Mercury is the planet of plans and actions and short-term travel, and everything involved with that can feel like it's falling apart in Mercury retrograde. So the backwards action of the planet. Now, Pluto is the planet of death and secrets and change, and so when Mercury's or when Pluto's backspinning like this, Pluto can actually become like a healer, right? The opposite of death. And so some astrologers think that Pluto's transit with Saturn back in January, which I've talked about a few times, is kind of what fanned the flames of this COVID-19 pandemic. Um, okay. I tend to think that the timing can't be coincidence with a lot of what happened there. Um, yep. And so a lot of astrologers are thinking that this Pluto retrograde is actually going to be good for the COVID-19 pandemic. It may allow for people to heal. It may allow for the infection uh, spread to slow. Um, now, 
you know, will we see the infection rate slow down? We might. Some astrologers do think that. Um, Pluto is also the planet of secrets. And so in its opposite energy, we might see information that's been kept secret for a very long time being shared publicly and kind of things coming out of the closet. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the news in the last couple of days, but um, aliens are real and the government is confessing to that. <laughs> yeah, we can so thank Tom. We can, today for that reason. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> we can thank Tom DeLong for that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I know that video is like two years old, but it's just interesting that, you know, now we're talking about it, like re like the government's talking about it, you know? So that's, I think that's a theme of some things that you're going to see is these like high level secrets, um, important things that have been subverted for a long time are going to start coming out into the open. Um, especially with regards to like government and especially considering it's an election year, I think we're going to see a lot of that. So, um, Pluto also rules the occult. So again, a secretive thing, sort of a, a dark thing, um, you know, practiced behind curtains, of, you know, for a lot of people for a long time. Um, in the next six months, I suspect that we're going to start seeing attitudes about spiritual beliefs, um, especially with regards to the occults, uh, are going to begin to shift. And we're going to be able to see those things becoming m even more mainstream than they've been. And people starting to think, you know, realize that there's value in these things, uh, you know, and just, you know, I, I think that this is all started. The snowball effect is, is going. And I think that this Pluto retrograde is really going to, um, set a lot more things into motion. So, um, you know, if really exciting. Path, yeah. If this is a path you're walking, um, you know, be prepared. You're about to have a lot more friends. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Pluto's, uh, Pluto's biggest power in retrograde is the force to really make us look within ourselves, the dark corners of our inner souls, you know? So I think that the best advice I can say for this next six month period is to look at what inner transformations need to occur in your life. If there's a bad habit or an addiction or an obsession or something that's really, a drain on your life. Uh, Pluto retrograde is the perfect time to purge those kind of inner demons and just, and you have the energy behind you and the power behind you during the six month period to really let that stuff go forever. So if it's something that you've had a hard time with, you know, now's the time. So. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So clean house, Pluto, huh? Pluto retrograde. Yeah. Clean house for sure. And, like and anybody out there cleaning. who wants to argue with me about Pluto not being a planet, listen, you don't uninvite Hades to the planet party. Okay. <laughs> I love that. No. Let's not mess around with that. That's right. some deep shit there, Tracy. Pluto right? is always a planet. In astrology, Pluto is always a planet. What was the I don't even remember. Why were they trying to remove it from the planets? Not big enough. Astronomically speaking, Pluto is a, considered a dwarf planet. And so, you know, it's not considered um, part of the planetary solar system. But dwarf planet or not, the energy in astrology is the same. Um, I mean, we attribute yeah. energy in astrology to certain asteroids and planetary bodies that are, you know, smaller than parts than continents on our planet. So, I mean, sure. the so, energy is, yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's a different thing. So anyway, there's that. Um, so let's That's all interesting. Talk, yeah. Let's talk about gardening. So mm. tell me, um, how did you guys, 
how did you guys get started? I mean, I know we talked a little bit about, um, you know, like our backgrounds and pulling weeds, you know, with our families. That was pretty much how I think all of us got started was just pulling weeds. Um, how did this become a thing for you in your adult life? Oh, I mean, I guess it's been a long time coming. I've been just trying and trying and I'm a little bit stubborn in the fact that I love the plants so much that I'm just going to go until they start growing. Um, but inside, I started inside because outside is scary and you can't control what's outside. So I wanted to like really start reflecting on what I can do to help things thrive under as many controls as I can. And I've slowly been moving things like this right here. This door is where all my plants are. I have like shelves of grow lights and all my baby plants are in there and I slowly started working them out to the living room and not putting them under the light and then this springtime if it ever comes I will put them out into the garden which is very scary but it's coming and it took a lot of like dismantling the gardens that were already in front of my house and in the back of my house and with the help of my husband tearing down a couple of small trees but um it's like letting go one piece of control at a time <laughs> but <laughs> Uh, no, I, I love having them inside, but I'd love to spread them to the outside. And I see my Nana who my mom's mom has her shelves of all of her plants and in, in her basement. And so I, I take a lot of, you know, familiarity in that and hopefully I can do her some justice with my plants and then eventually just move them outside. Right. It's exciting. I, I love it. So you <laughs> use lights, Meg. I do. Um, I have okay. a variety of like those red and blue spectrum lights that look really pink. Um, and then I have a couple of just like, if you can imagine the under the cabinet lights, they work just fine. They, okay. So we have a couple of greenhouses at our sun porch that have those lights on them. Um, and then uh, LED, they're all LED based. So, um, and that's something that I think about is if, if I didn't have these lights that are, you know, in the, inside these, okay, Ooh, if I didn't have all of these lights, I would have to have started outside and that would have probably deterred me from doing a lot of what I'm doing because I don't think I would have had the courage to do it, but, um, right. Yeah. Well, that's um, cool that you're, yeah, that it gave you the confidence to like get oh, going. Yeah. And I always do feel like I don't use lights, but I start seeds, you know, inside in the little mm -hmm. trays and everything, but yep. that transition even without grow lights and perfect conditions like you probably have um, is like super nerve wracking when you, when you yeah. take a little start of something you're like, okay, I'm going to put it out into the world with all the elements and then it doesn't happen or it does happen. I mean, there's, you know, either, either it's going to live or it's going to die. Yep. <laughs> so, um, but it is wild how a little seed is just kind of like, you know, yeah. Boop, 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 boop. And it I really know. gives you perspective. Do you plant a garden, Meg? I have nothing outside yet, but I've only been okay. in my house for a short amount of time. So, uh, okay. and I, I mean, before that I was working like a crazy hours, so I okay. never had time to do that. So yeah. do you uh, do a garden, Tracy? So I, I had a garden, uh, two years ago and I, I mean, I tilled up like part of the backyard and put like little fencing and plant. I mean, I was like grid gardening and I was very sure. careful. And, um, then immediately after I planted everything, I, okay. So I guess it was more than two years ago. I got, I was pregnant and oh, okay. so then I was trying to figure out, you know, okay, I made it through growing season in the fall and everything and, and managed to get some things, um, 
the squirrels got to a lot of my stuff, which was annoying. And now I feed them everything. So it's just going to get worse <laughs> this year. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then I had a newborn and I had no energy to have a garden. Um, yeah. I'm, Fair. I'm, yeah. I'm ready and I'm planning um, raised garden beds for this year. Um, I think that because we're not really able to get out too much um, as things start, I guess, quote unquote, opening back up a little bit here in Ohio in the next coming few weeks, um, I may start either ordering some things to hopefully get these garden beds put in and filled. And then hopefully I can plant some, I don't have starters. Um, I'm just going to have to buy plants. Yeah. Um, that's all right know, too. Small plants. And I do that yeah, usually. I'm just going to have to start small. Yeah. Um, but I want to, I do grow herbs though. I grow yeah. herbs in containers, um, all over the place. Everything for me is outdoors because I have a cat who will eat every, every single plant that's indoors. I don't have one. I have one aloe plant live in the house and that's the only live plant in my house because she has decided she doesn't like the taste of the aloe plants. The only one she leaves alone. <laughs> yeah. My cat it. gets into mine too. I usually yeah. just do the spray bottle method. Oh yeah. No, this cat, she will not be deterred. She, really? She will eat everything and then puke it up all over the house. So oh, oh, no, you don't want that. She's like 11, you know, yeah. at this point, I'm not going to like, it's her house. It's yeah. fine. What I was going to say about gardening though is um, last year I grew uh, broccoli for the first time. Ooh, I think I had like broccoli. three, two or three like starts. I can't even remember. But I was like, okay, the appreciation now I now have for broccoli when I buy it from the store is just insane because the three like plants that I had for one, like essentially one head of broccoli were huge, <laughs> like massive. And I was just like, oh my God, like we brought, we're able to buy broccoli like every, every day of the meal. week. Like, yeah. You got one meal out of that. Yeah. So I like, I, in my head, I go like, okay, like the amount of acreage it would have to take to feed the amount of people who are buying broccoli every day is just insane. Um, so I do think that even, even flowers or I think you know, growing a vegetable garden obviously brings you that appreciation for those things that you buy in the store. And like, mm -hmm. do you ever plant squash or things that are viney and the amount of room that you need for that crap? Yeah. I'm like, this and it goes so crazy. quickly too. Yes. It gets to that huge viney point so fast. I yeah. know. And then I'm like, well, I obviously didn't like space these far enough apart. <laughs> so everything's going to be ruined and suffocated by the watermelon vine, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I do sometimes find myself like, do you watch Steel Magnolias, that movie when Weeza, and she like brings the tomatoes and she's like, I don't, I'm just old. I need to plant things just because I'm old because <laughs> I find myself doing that with like a vegetable garden, like I'll plant and then I'm like, what do I do with all this? So I really yeah. want to try to like can this year or make salsa or do something. I hate to see it go to waste and I hate even admitting that, but there are a lot of times when you know, all the darn tomatoes are ripe at once. And it's like, how many damn tomatoes can you eat every day? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's me too. I've got all the equipment to learn how to do canning. And I just, oh, cool. I'm hoping that maybe this is like the year of homesteading, right? Like, I think so. Yes. I mean, we really got to prove ourselves ladies. <laughs> yeah. Right. We have to do something with this. We're, we're just another thing, right? <laughs> we have to. <laughs> 
I don't have I don't have chickens yet, so yeah, I've got to do something with all of them. You know that you cannot can when you're on your period. What? Have you ever heard that? No. That's yeah. some that's some crazy. I've never look heard it that up. I don't understand. I there's like something with the I don't know. Look it up. Is it like I can't something have to. Must something with the moon phases or something? Look it up. Look up canning and on your period. I just, it doesn't seal. Like something does, it doesn't seal. I don't know. Just look it up. That is some kitchen <laughs> magic I've never heard of. There I'm you go. looking that oh, up. But anyway. Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad that we're all trying to do something with our different varying levels of green thumbs. Um, aside from just like growing food, which is gratifying, even though, it, again, I agree with you. I, I want to grow peas, but like, I mean, to have like a meal of one pea, like one meal where you have peas as your vegetable. I mean, I, I don't you even- know how many peas you'd have to shuck? Oh my God. But I mean, that's what small children are for, right? Like that. Yeah, I think so. I did that as a kid. I have but, peas started. I can get, well, I don't know how I'll get yeah. them to you. I guess I can no. leave them on your doorstep, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. I also think like those are the viney ones and like with green beans, you yeah. have to like- They can grow up. That's yeah. That's what I want to yeah. do is like trellis gardening. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm definitely growing a lot of herbs, though. That's I. I like to dry them, and I can use them for all kinds of stuff. So yeah, that's my my big plan. And then hopefully I can grow strawberries um, without my family of squirrels destroying all of them. I'm still trying to figure out how that's going to work. Strawberries. Got to ask blueberry. No. Yeah, blueberry eats all my strawberries. (laughs) Yeah, that's a tough one. Strawberries take. Have you planted them before? Yeah, I have. I actually oh, good. Have so they're already plants. going. Okay, yeah, good. I have, uh, yeah, existing strawberry plants. I just because I think what do they say about strawberries? Three years before you really get like a, yeah, a great. You don't production. get much crop. Uh, yeah. the first couple of years. Um, I've I've got a couple of plants that are three or four years old, but the fruit never lasts on them to yeah. do anything with. So hopefully this year we'll we had see. trouble with that too. The rabbits and the squirrels would eat them. Yeah. I'm, yep. I'm looking at these like wire things, like basket things that go over top of the plants. Um, there you go. It's, it's like real extra, but hey, I don't know. I think you can use, uh, is moth, are mothballs a thing? That deters something. If you put mothballs in your garden, I forget what it deters. Hmm, um, but you might, you could try that. I mean, these squirrels try to come into my house, so I don't think that. I don't know why you don't let welcome them. them in. I've been trying to feed a squirrel for years, and I just can't do it. They don't do chores. They just make messes. <laughs> the Disney movies lied to us. Okay, Meg, I have some questions about my indoor plants. Can I ask you? You absolutely can. So I just got some new in, indoor plants. Mm-hmm. This is a neon pathos. Love it. It's very bright. Yeah. So care and of this, pretty easy, right, I think? Um, from my understanding, I know that that's probably one that's going to be in a bright place, but maybe not in direct light. Okay. Um, and then, uh, I know that I have, I I don't have one of those, but I have a few that are similar. They come up in similar searches when I'm looking up to care for the ones that I have. Okay. And it's water, um, when dry. So when the tops are dry, then you just water it thoroughly then. And it doesn't necessarily have to be on a schedule. It's just when it needs to be dry, but, um, perfect. So I can ignore it a little bit. Yeah, the low maintenance. <laughs> okay. Low maintenance. That's the ones I like. Okay, yeah. this one. Are you familiar with a, a peacock plant? No. Look how fun but that it's one is. It's very pretty. I so know. Pretty. 
I don't know. I think, I think I did ask the lady about this and she said it was like low maintenance water when dry. So I was like, okay, cool. So sold. There's many indoor plants that I found that are more low maintenance and they just need like a, cause I have several that I don't put directly in the windows and I've had them away from, you know, in like direct light for months now. And I water when I water them and they're fine and they're thriving. So, um, I got a new snake plant because I overwatered my old one and I killed it. That's probably what I read was the most popular thing of why they don't thrive is because overwatering, right? Yep, people. So I'm tend really to gonna that, ignore this one. People tend to think that if they water it and they they're like, I'm, I'm watering it. I'm watering it like x every x amount of days. That's not that you're gonna drown the plant. Like bottom line, you want to have something that is going to have really good drainage. So no, remember that the vessel is gonna have holes on the bottom so that if it does contain too much water, it's gonna just let it go. Okay. And um, I'll also look up what the pH is because if you're giving it water from the tap and it's, you know, it starts turning a funny color, the pH of the plant might be off. So they have little test strips that you can look at stuff like that. Okay. And then you just look from the draining water. So you don't want to like stick it. I don't know if you can stick it in the soil, but I always just like let it run off out the bottom of the, um, the pot and then test the pH that way. And okay. then you can tell what the levels, if it's too high, then you can adjust by adding different, like, like plant food or whatever for okay. it. different nutrients and stuff. Okay. Awesome. I got, um, and then I got this baby, this big guy, this Hoya. Ooh. Oh yeah. So I have a little baby Hoya, I think, but I was like, ugh, just, I was just like so impatient. So I bought this big one cause it just made me feel good. But those are pretty, again, right? Water when dry. I, that's, I, that's probably my best advice. If you feel like it's like starting to turn yellow or um, it's looking funny, water it slightly less for indoor plants because okay. they're, I, I don't know why. I, I'm still fairly new to this myself, but I tend to water whenever I feel like it's dry or if I've left it alone long enough and I remember, oh my God, I haven't watered that in a minute. <laughs> so okay. it's, I've seen a lot more hardy plants and I think people are worried about giving it too much or that they're giving it too much attention to the point where it's now going to be lacking and um yeah leave it alone for a little while and figure out what it needs (laughs) i have this peace lily um that literally has died and come back to life probably 20 times um so i feel like if you just like i'm with you like leave it alone for a little bit but you can always i think get it back as long as you don't totally lose it now, I totally like, lost that snake plant because I was just like, ooh, yeah, you need water. And then it was just like, no, bitch. I no, I do not. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people get really frustrated with aloe plants, too, because they're one that you don't... I mean, I water the thing every three weeks, maybe. Right. And I, mean, I, have, I have a giant one. I trimmed it back a little bit last night, but um, I, it's, it's giant. And I water it probably every three weeks. And with that, I even put rocks in the soil so it's not keeping too much. Okay. So that's something else you can consider. A lot of succulents, you can add a little bit of sand to the soil mixture. Or if you buy like a pre, pre-mixed soil specifically for succulents, it won't be as much um, dirt product yeah. as it will be like sand or a little bit of, like they say, put pebbles in the bottom of your uh, right. uh, pot or whatever. I just forgot the word pot. That's... <laughs> But, yeah. Yeah. So, so those are my recent finds. They I seem, love it. Yeah. Thanks. I like. I we've got we've got a good mix of of science and and woo here. So I love that. Yeah. What um what weird woo things do you do with your plants? 
or to your plants or oh this is fun um i have crystals and i so i put crystals in the ones that i feel like need a little extra charge up so i'll charge them under whatever I, if i just feel like one suffering i'll throw a couple crystals out on my windowsill to charge up even just if it's not a full moon or a new moon and then i bring them in and i put them just right next to the plant and i say there you go you're gonna be fine you've got the moon energy now it'll be good um, I've named some of them after my friends because I can't see my friends. So now I can Aww. give them love while they're here <laughs> and they all know this and I'm sure they find it super endearing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, that's about it. I like to talk to them. Um, I, oh, I feed them mood water. So yeah. yeah, I do that with my aloe plant too. I'm really trying to keep that guy alive. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I can do. That's, That's the cool awesome. stuff. I love it. I love it too. Um, so, uh, you know, we're talking about like woo stuff and I've, I read a couple of studies, um, getting ready for the show that mental health, um, can be improved by gardening. Something about like just getting your hands in the dirt can just, it gives you a boost. And I mean, being outdoors can give us a, a vitamin D boost too, which I mean, we live in the Midwest, so we're all deficient. So any extra vitamin D we can get will help us. But yes, um, <clears throat> there was a Japanese study that said um, they found evidence that being in green or even being able to look out on a green landscape is linked with better recovery from surgery, less anxiety and depression, better stress management, and all kinds of other positive side effects. So like, I mean, we need to get out there. We need to do something. Yes. Even if you live somewhere where you don't have a yard, you can't garden outside, um, even like, you know, indoor plants or if you have a, you know, a, a balcony or, you know, something where you can do um, container gardening Containers, outside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, we can all do, we can all do something, you know? I think right. so too. Yeah. So just get a little bit of, a little bit of plant in your life, I think. So you could go secretly try and like plant something small in a local garden and just know that you put that there. <laughs> Throw a couple seeds in your, they might take it down, but then you know, if it starts sprouting up, I put that there. I don't have a garden, that. but there it is. Yeah. I think that it, um, yeah, definitely brings you joy mm -hmm. and like it gives you something to look forward to. You plant that little thing and you're just like, oh man, every day you're just like, how big is it going to get? So gratifying. Yeah. <laughs> And you start texting your friends pictures of the little leaves that your plant's yeah. growing. Yeah. I always find it out. really like, I, it like blows my mind with food. Again, back to vegetable gardening. How like you really don't do anything to it and it just tastes that delicious. Like yeah. a strawberry off the vine. But how is that like? So much better. I know. Yeah. I yeah. know. So like going, that's one of my favorite things that I remember, um, from my childhood, my, my family growing up was actually, they were actually strawberry farmers, um, okay. out in, out in Iowa. And so one of my favorite things growing up was going, you could go outside in the morning and you could pick strawberries like right off the vine, like warm from the sun It's the best thing in the world. Oh like, yeah. You know, I love that. No oh, yeah. strawberries taste it. as good as like once they go in the fridge, they're never as good as a strawberry that comes from outside. I don't think so either. Yeah. So I love that. I yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I love that. Thank you guys so much for that conversation. I, I love that. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I wanted to share with, uh, with everybody before we take off for the day is um, since we're all going to be wearing face masks and I forgot to bring mine to show you, I have a few more of them on order right now that should be here this week, but I'm not leaving the house for another couple of weeks anyway, so whatever. But 
since we're going to be doing so much more outside of the house and having to wear these, I mean, probably a lot in the foreseeable future. Um, right. I was thinking that maybe this could be like a protection ritual or options that we could have to do things to help protect us, you know, and protect our masks and help that become a tool that we can use in a, in a woo sense too. Right. So, um, so I have some options that I came up with, um, some things I found from around the internet and some things that I just, I'm doing or planning to do. Um, so one of the things, uh, like I said, I have a bunch of new masks that I ordered from Etsy. And as soon as I get them, the first thing I'm going to do is wash them. Um, so I'm going to put some moon water in when I wash them. Okay. Moon water. I have a lot of it from all the new moon and full moon rituals, and I don't ever seem to use all of it. So why not throw some of it in the washer? Oh, yeah. Um, I am... I'm going to put a few drops of moon water in my hand sanitizer bottles and my hand soap um, containers too, just a little bit. I mean, let's just charge everything. I don't care. Um, (laughs) Yes. If if you're into sigils, um, so you can put like a protective symbol on the inside. You can draw even like with a pen or a pencil or Sharpie inside of your mask to just give yourself a little bit of extra protection. Um, if uh, I know some people are into not magic, it's something that I've looked at a little bit, and I don't know a lot about it. But if you if you are, it's there's power of in like knotting intentions into thread or string, and yes. you can stitch some huh, extra intention into your masks. Um, help infuse a little extra protection. Um, crystals. So probably not going to put a bunch of crystals in my mask when I'm walking around. But I have the little this little basket. Uh, by my front door that I'm going to put the masks in when they're not being used. And, um, you know, before we leave, we'll just grab whatever mask out of there. So in my basket, I'm going to have some crystals in the bottom of the basket um, and then a little sachet with um, salt, uh, bay leaf, and lavender because I think those were like the protective herbs and things that I wanted to use. But there's lots of options that you can choose for yourself. So I love uh, that. Some good crystals for um, protection for immunity, too, are um, I'm going to use malachite, um, which is the uh, pretty green one, Um, selenite for cleansing, uh, obsidian for protection, uh, amethyst for peace and just like overall protection, and uh, rose quartz. Just rose quartz is good for like love and friendship and just remembering that we're kind of all in this together when we go out into the world. So I figured that was a good energy to have with the masks Um, and then just a clear quartz in there to kind of amplify everything. So I'm going to have those in there. Uh, My little thing with um, salt, which is good. I like to use salt for anything that represents purification. I just like using it. It's easy. It's everyone has it and it's accessible. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a really simple one to use, and I I like bay uh, I like using bay leaves. Um, they're good for so much, especially for protection. And I really like that I can write on a bay leaf. Yeah, so like, I'm gonna write health on mine, or you can write like immunity or like protection or whatever. That's a good and idea. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then I just like lavender for everything, um, but I like it for the scent. I have some dried lavender from that I grew last year. And so I'm going to use some of that in the little sachet, but you can use anything. If you, um, rosemary is really good for protection and purification. Um, sage, if you have sage or, you know, are growing it, 
um, you know, a lot of people like that, whatever feels right. You know, um, yep. I know Meg, you work with a lot of herbs too. Um, you know, do you have some suggestions for, for ones that would be good for something like that? I like rosemary. It's one of my favorites. Um, that's a really good one, especially, um, I, I use a, a nice blend for headaches that is also good for health is, uh, the lavender rosemary and a little bit like, like a small amount of eucalyptus, but, oh, yeah. um, I yeah. Eucalyptus. Me oh, that's too. a good oh. idea. And mint too. Um, I have Peppermint, mint. Yep. Yeah. I have mint growing outside right now. Mint's a really good one. And like, if your masks are sitting with these herbs around them, they're going to smell nice too when you have them on, which is great. I mean, yeah. Right. Kind of, taking us back to like plague masks a little bit, like but filling them <laughs> with herbs and flowers. I mean, it's right. not that different. <laughs> it's not too far off. <laughs> <laughs> not that different. Um, yeah, no, it's all, it's all the same. Um, but there's, those are some good options. Um, I'm also thinking, I know this might be weird, but I think I'm going to charge my masks under the moon because I'm just, yep. why not? Why not? Well, there you go. Um, I did see there are like barrier and protection rituals out there. If you want to look those up, I saw a bunch of those on Pinterest. Uh, you can find something that you like that works for you. Um, I know Meredith likes anything that rhymes. There's lots of those. Uh, if there's something out there you like that rhymes. Um, even just having like an intention for like health and protection when you put your mask on can have a positive impact on you when you go out into the world. So, you know, even if it, even if that's all it is, just an intention, you know, I'm, this is protecting me. I'm going to be safe today, you know, I, yeah. and then just wash your hands, man, you know, wash so, your damn hands, yep. man. Wash your damn hands, everybody. Wear the mask, wash your hands, wear the yes. mask, wash your hands. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Have any like rituals for like your masks or anything out there? Let me know. Cause I'm really interested um, I think I'm going to put together uh, a little slide to share on our social media so that we can share some of these tips with everybody um, out there on the interwebs. And um, I would love to include other people's tips too, if they have them. So yay. I love it. Love it. All right. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys so much. This was fun. It was fun. Yeah. I love yeah. this. I love it. Thank you too. for having me. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. We're definitely going to do this again. I mean, gardening season is is long, so we're going to have more to talk about. So I'm going to oh, dye my yes. hair. Ladies, yeah. I'm going to dye my hair so I have colorful hair. You just wait. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've got green and purple. Yeah. I mean, what are you thinking? I don't know. What What, what do you guys think? I'm losing I, think like a, I think you could do pink. Or maybe I always thought a little pink would be cool, but I just never have taken the plunge, but maybe I will. Yeah. Do, do, I did pink right before purple and I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Tracy's got this beautiful purple hair. Meg's got green hair and I'm over here just like. Start with, the, get the viral oh. shampoo and whatever color you want and just like streak it through your ends and see if you like yeah. it. And then you can start adding more in since, I mean, since your hair's already. Yeah. Blonde, it's pretty you blonde. Can add more color. Yeah. I might try that. We'll see. We'll I, do. See. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you all for tuning in today. Please join us next Wednesday for a brand new episode of Glow Girl. In the meantime, we sure would love it if you would subscribe and share our podcast. And we also love your five-star reviews. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Glow Girl Pod. And be sure to tune in to the rest of the Girls Girls Media Multiverse of Podcasts. We have Add a Girl with Megan on Mondays. We've Ooh. got Issues Girl on Tuesdays. Our Mothership Girls Girls Podcasts on Thursdays, as well as... We're doing a morning show at 6 a.m. live on Facebook 
uh, three days a week right now, but you can also catch them anywhere that you listen to your podcast. So, um, and we also have the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast every Friday. So make sure you tune into those. Glow Girl is a production of Girls Girls Media, and our music today is by the amazing Breakmaster Cylinder. Shine bright, Glow Girls.